Podcast Answer Man, episode number 79. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the podcast, Answer Man. My name is Cliff Ravenscraft. Today, we're going to take in only calls, voicemails only today, and I've got a couple of them lined up. We've got, even got some reviews. I take that back. Some of these are not voicemails. Some of them are actually pre-recorded MP3 files sent in by you, the listeners. Oh, goodness gracious, folks. I'll tell you what. I love podcasting. And before I get started, I just have to say thank you for those of you who nominated a podcast answer man for the 2008 People's Choice Podcast Awards. I do want to let you know we've been officially nominated and voting has already begun. In fact, we had six of our podcasts nominated for the 2008 Podcast Awards. And if you haven't done so already, go to gspn.tv. For those of you who don't know, gspn.tv is my official, generally speaking, production network. So, in fact, the Podcast Answer Man is just one of 19 shows that I produce for the network. And if you go to gspn.tv on the main page, you'll see the six different podcasts that are listed there on the site that have been nominated for six different categories And you're allowed to vote once every 24 hours for 15 days all the way through November 6th. And if you want to help me get the word out about the podcast Answer Man and the work we're doing here, I'd appreciate your vote. So to get things started off today, I I love the fact that you guys are sending in lots of audio questions via the voicemail line. I want to encourage you to do that. Area code 859-795-4000. Six seven. I also want to say thank you to those of you who have uh, sent us some audio feedback, giving us some reviews of some different uh, equipment that either you've purchased somewhere else or I'm especially thankful for those of you who have purchased it from me and called in and give me some feedback about the equipment. And that's exactly what we're going to start off with first. This is my good friend Wayne Henderson from WayneLHenderson.com. Here, take it away, Wayne. Hi, Cliff. This is Wayne from Wayne Henderson Voiceovers, and I wanted to call you, but then I thought maybe an MP3 would offer the sound quality that we need to give the example that we're trying to put across. Recently purchased the Aphex Aural Exciter with a big bottom, no extra charge, uh, from you at podcastanswerman.com, as well as a new Behringer mixer for my uh, voiceovers and podcasting studio setup. Already had the Heil PR40 from about six, maybe nine months ago. Been very happy with that. And we also bought some other uh, rack-mounted goodies. Uh, Been trying to figure out the cabling, the routing, and just getting the whole thing set up the way I like it, tweaking the settings and so forth. And thanks again for going the extra mile, contacting Behringer and finding what I was doing wrong as far as how to set in the cables in and out and through the Aphex Oral Exciter. I think we are now pretty much set, although I'm still playing with the settings. But I did want to send you this to give you an example of what we've got. So So far, everything's just clean straight through without the Aphex Oral Exciter being turned on, just straight into the Behringer Mixer. And ever since my consult call that I had with you about a month ago, I now am recording everything direct into my Zoom H4 portable recorder, except for my Skype podcast that I'm still uh, 
tweaking those as well. But anyway, let's go ahead and turn on the Aphex RL Exciter and see if you can notice the sound difference in my voice. It's hard to describe for myself. I would say it maybe has more presence, maybe has a little bit more of a radio sound. Let's turn it back off again. So now we're back, just the uh, straight signal, which still sounds great through the Heil PR40. But then we turn on the Aphex Aural Exciter with Big Bottom, and we uh, get that little extra punch. So I think using this, as well as the other goodies I got from you, are going to help me take my podcasts and my voiceovers to the next level. I want to make them sound better and better all the time. Thanks again for listening, Cliff. And now back to the podcast, Answer Man Podcast, and I'll be listening. All right, Wayne, thank you so much. And I am so excited for you. It sounds to me like you've got uh, some some progress that you've been making in, in the studio. I, I know that it's been a joy for me to sell you lots of equipment as you've been adding, but I, I'm certain it's been uh, probably even more so of a joy to, to build a studio with the rack and, and your aural exciter and you got the mixer happening over there and the high LPR 40, you know, it, when it all comes together and it starts sounding good. Yeah. The aural exciter sounds really nice. It does have that, that boom to the voice that you could definitely tell it's got the big bottom. And so the, that's a, that's a great piece of equipment. It's one I had not used before. So I'm appreciating the, the feedback that you've given me on it. In fact, so, you know, who knows? Maybe maybe we'll throw one of those in the rack here at the podcast Answer Man studio. Uh, so, yeah, that was great. I, I love that. And uh, the as far as the settings, you know, you'll probably tweak it for quite some time and stuff like that. So so I'm, I'm just glad that it's all working out for you. And I was happy to help you with your cabling issues. And I'm glad that we finally figured out the way to channel it through, even without the insert output ca- cables like I have on my own mixer. So. Very glad to help. Next up, we're going to a question that was phoned in by Aaron Benedict. He happens to be, look at that, two GSPN.TV Plus members in a row. I appreciate these calls, Plus members. This is this is awesome. This comes in from Aaron. Hi, Cliff. It's Aaron Benedict from Brooklyn, New York. Uh, I had a question for the podcast Internet show. And the question is, you had talked about it, uh, I think it was now two episodes ago, um, I know you're very big into Rupa now, I believe is the pronunciation. I'm not 100% sure in terms of... All right, just one second. I know that the call, it sounds like a, a cell phone. But anyway, he was talking about Woopra, W-O-O-P-R-A.com. For those of you who are taking notes, I hear out there as you're listening to the podcast Answer Man. But that's Woopra. And let's go ahead and finish up the rest of the call here. Real-time web stats. But what are you, or what, what can be used to judge um, the amount of listeners to the show. Is that just straight downloads of how many times an episode has been downloaded? Um, and, uh, you know, stuff along those, you kind know, of questions along those lines. The reason I'm asking is that we do have, for my podcast, the, uh, that my wife and I do, the Infertility Podcast, uh, some interest in somebody advertising, but they'd like to see some, some metrics in terms of amount of listeners and, and those types of uh, businessy things. Uh, so I'm very interested in hearing what uh, what your thoughts are on that. If uh, you obviously haven't answered the you know answered that question before, thanks a lot. Well, I'll tell you what. First of all, for anybody listening, even if we've answered a podcast or a question on the podcast Answer Man in the past 
please do not hesitate to call because chances are at this point down the road, we've done enough episodes that you may not have gone through and listened to every single episode. And I don't want you to hold back questions. I don't care how how minute it is, how small it is. You know, what is an RSS feed? What is a podcast? What makes a podcast different from that of just uh, putting, you know, an MP3 up on my website? Those questions are all game here. It, there's no stupid question. And, and we're just here to answer them. So, uh, Aaron, thank you for that. Yeah, real-time stats is great for your website. But what are you going to do when it, you get a potential advertiser wants to know about the download numbers? How many people are listening to your show? Well, I will tell you there is, first of all, I want to point you to, let me see if I can find it real quick, ADM. I have a whole slew of emails from them, so it's just going to take me one second. It's the Association for Downloadable Media. I happen to be one of the members of this group, and this is exactly what they basically do. Their, their whole premise of the organization is to help find standards and ways of calculating these things. And you can find that at downloadablemedia.org. Again, that's downloadablemedia.org. So that, that's one place you can go for some information. But let, let me just give you the rundown. First of all, there is no easy way to track download numbers and how many listeners you have to your podcast. I'm going to tell you the best way that I've found to date, and it is through a service called Libsyn, L-I-B-S-Y-N.com. It stands for Liberated Syndication. And again, that's L-I-B-S-Y-N, Libsyn.com. And they have the best stats program of anybody I've used. And I've used a lot of different places, a lot of different hosts for media files, even a lot of places that are hooked up just for podcasters. And what's really cool is Libsyn gives you a pretty close to real time uh, look. Uh, you know, anytime you hit refresh on the page, an almost up to the minute review of how many people are downloading and listening to your content. And it also gives you a really good look at what people are using to download your content, whether they're using a Google RSS reader, whether they're using iTunes or the Zoom Marketplace or the Juicer, or I think it's called, oh, what do they call that now? It's not Juice anymore, or maybe it is Juice. Anyway, the, all the different podcatchers, you, it, it kind of breaks it down, shows you how many people are listening over the web. It also shows you how many, you know, where people are listening. You know, did they download your file from certain web pages? It, it, it tells you all that data. But here's the thing. You cannot judge, like, let's just say you have your own stat, You ho, let's just say you were crazy enough to put your, your MP3 file and load it on your own personal server. And that's being downloaded. Well, every time that down file gets downloaded, that be, should be stra- tracked by your stats program in your hosting service account. And the thing is, is let's just say you get a file and it says that it's been downloaded uh, 5,000 times. There, That does not necessarily mean that you have 5,000 listeners or 5,000 downloads of that episode. It could be that somebody went in and they clicked on an episode and set, listened to the first couple seconds and then went and did something else and then they click on it again. I mean, it there's a there's a lot of matrix that are involved and sometimes there'll be programs that go and browse a site that it'll automatically robot the site and, and test links and stuff like that. So you can get a lot of what we call false positives on the download numbers. And what's really cool about Libsyn is they have this algorithm, and, and I don't know how they do it, but I, I do know that it judges um, 
it, it gives you pure download hits, but it gives you the estimated, true, honest download numbers. Now, I don't think that even that is anything. I don't think there is a perfect way of calculating it, but they do a good job, and I feel pretty confident with the numbers that they, they do report. But they, they take into account the number of times a, a file is, is accessed by a single IP address. And then the question I have, well, you know, what if I have a whole office building, you know, let's say a place that has 85 employees and I happen to have 15 of those employees who are close friends, diehard Lost fans, and they're listening to the weekly Lost podcast of gspn.tv. Well, if that's the case, then if if it if this program weeds out all similar IP addresses for the same file, which I've had with several of the podcast hosting services in the past, then I, that all even though I have 10 people listening, I've got only one download number. And so that's not good. So what Libsyn does is it calculates. It says, okay, a, a, it says, okay, how many times from this IP address, and, and it calculates maybe within two minutes of the last time, or if it's within three minutes. If it's been more than three minutes and then you it gets hit again from the same IP address, maybe that's somebody else who's listening to the episode and they say to somebody else, hey, you should listen to it. It's available now. And they go and download it. Yeah, whatever the case may be, they have some good ways of trying to have an algorithm and their stats program is absolutely amazing as long as it's up and running which i think they're pretty good at to be honest with you now the other thing i hear people you say oh well i use feedburner because i wanted their i wanted their stats system and i will just tell you i i've 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 had their stats over at feedburner are awful they're absolutely useless stats and they mean nothing. And not only that, but the problem with using stats uh, programs that only read RSS data, which, again, they're not even capturing at all, uh, not even close. They're, now, I use FeedBurner and FeedBurner, I recommend FeedBurner for all of my clients. However, the thing is, is that I do not recommend anybody even consider looking at their stats over there. And the reason for one of the reasons is not only do they not do good at getting capturing the RSS data, but that only counts the RSS data. You know, I have approximately 3000 people that hit my gspn.tv website every single day just to listen to the episodes that are released and they listen to them right from the flash badge player on each of the posts that I create. And I know that because of my statistics program, and I also know that from Libsyn.com. It tells me that they were what page they were on when they clicked on the button to to load up that MP3 file. And so that's what I do love about Libsyn is is that you know you're getting you're getting about the probably in my consideration the most accurate data you can on your stats program. Anyway, congratulations on the potential interest in your advertising. I've I've shared many times here in the past, and especially in the last episode. Uh, you know, I'm not opposed to advertising. I I just you know, I, I think that they're, you know, one of the things you're going to find is like, they're going to want numbers and, and they're going to want this and you got to work, you got to work harder for those advertisers and, and, and they, they have, they're going to place some expectations there, you know, and of course, if that works out financially for you and it makes sense to do that and you got a, a good fit of a sponsor for your audience, then I'll mean, you know, Hey, I, there's, there's one thing for sure. It takes a lot of work to podcast. And I think, you know, if, if the, if the content's there and, and stuff like that, then, then probably being able to earn a living or, or at least some extra income from what you're doing is very worthwhile. All right, so let's see here. Next up, we're going to go to Mr. Moody's mic issue. 
And here is that feedback now. This is Cousin Ed from Atlanta, Georgia. I recently found your show. Um, his show has been very, very helpful. I'm new to podcasting, and um, his tips are better than anybody else I've seen yet. Um, I have one major question, sound quality. Sound quality is my major question. I'm having a problem with um, getting a lot of feedback or echo. Um, reading a lot of forms and stuff. They're talking more about it being the room that you're in. We have um, three hosts and sometimes an extra guest, four hosts. That's four mics, and I'm getting bleeding into all four mics. Um, I've, had, I've had a couple suggestions. Um, location is one, which location is the best thing about what, what we're doing due to the show. Um, next suggestion I have is partitions, so it doesn't um, all the sounds go on each each mic. The last show we did, we tried a partition, and it actually worked a little bit. It was uh, makeshift; it wasn't anything. It was off the cuff. We just put up some pillows and try to partition it out. Um, that worked. I got to um, listen to the show again, but it sounded like it worked a lot. But the main question I wanted to ask. Could it be the mics? Could it be the program? I'm using Cool Edit. What are your suggestions on that? So you know, we have high quality USB mics. What are your suggestions? I do thank you very much. You can find my show at Mr. Moody's Neighborhood dot com. Thank you. Have a great um weekend. I look forward to your next show. All right. Well, thank you so much for your question. And I, I, you're, if you listen to me long enough, you're going to hear this multiple times. Number one, I'm really not a fan of USB microphones. If you're really getting serious into podcasting, I think they work great, uh, especially if you're by yourself or whatever. But it, it sounds to me like you're having an issue with uh, multiple microphones, which I, I'm, I, I'd be interested in hearing how you're doing multiple microphones with high quality USB uh, a system unless you're using multiple com- um, multiple computers to record and then stitching them all together. But if you're using multiple USBs in the same computer, I'd love to know what program you're using to do that because I got a lot of people want to know how to do that. But anyway, your your question is, and it sounds to me like your number one problem is that you have some high quality condenser microphones. Now, condenser microphones are microphones that are powered. And they are set up in such a way that you are, I mean, that thing's going to pick up a pin drop in the room. In fact, if you go back to podcastanswerman.com and in there, there's a little search box there at the top. You can actually type in power of the Heil. Just type that power of the Heil, H-E-I-L. And that'll take you to an episode called power of the Heil microphone or the Heil PR40. And that episode, I gave you the difference between this podcast microphone that I'm using now, which is the Heil PR40, and three or four different other podcast microphones, and one of them being a condenser microphone. And when I did it, I dropped a pen on the floor on the carpet on the other side of the studio, and you could hear it with no problem at all. And and so your issue is that you're you've got your other person in the same room, and their microphone is a if it it's a if it's a condenser microphone, it's not only going to pick up their voice in in their microphone, 
but it's going to pick up their voice and everybody else's microphone. If you're all using condenser microphones, it, it's it's going to pick up everything in the room. And so you're going to have that echoey kind of sound effect, uh, even beyond just the standard in the room by yourself with a, a condenser microphone. I really do not like condenser microphones for podcast recording in studios. Condenser microphones are perfect for out on location uh, stuff where maybe you want to bring in the ambient noises of, let's say, you know, the the train station or the cars passing by on the highway, or if you wanted to, if you're out in the forest or or out in the woods and you want to pick up the crickets or whatever, that's when condenser microphones are great. But in studio, I, I suggest only dynamic microphones. And we do have we have two calls coming in from Donald here in just a moment. And he's got an Edderall recorder that he purchased from me. He's going to unplug his dynamic microphone from the Edderall unit. And he's going to then uh, let you hear what the condenser microphone sounds like. And you're going to hear the ambient noise of his room. And then you're, you're going to see the difference between dynamic and and then using a condenser. And so I, that that's really I, number one. The other thing you can do, of course, is, and, and, and mic placement is a huge issue for folks. Um, one of the things that you're going to want is you want to definitely have a pop filter. If you don't have a pop filter, I'll move mine out of the way. My pop filter, this is why I have a a pop filter, because if I don't have a pop filter, it, it pops a lot when I do my P's. And so, and, and my F's are, you know, filter, filter. So, so basically I, I, I just bring my pop filter right back down. Now it doesn't do that. F- f- well, maybe a little cause I'm blowing, but one of the things I do is, is I have a pop filter and I'm right on top of my microphone. Literally my lips are less than four inches away from my microphone. And the reason why is, is let me show you what will happen. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to go ahead and stand further back. So I'm back here. Now, um, I'm probably about one foot away, about 12 inches away from the microphone. And for that to get as loud as I'd like it to be, I have to actually do this. I have to gain the microphone up. And so you can hear the echo in the room. And this is still my dynamic microphone. But uh, if you if you gain your microphones up too much, you, well, first of all, you have to gain up. Let me get back up here. Anyway, you have to gain up your microphones a lot if you're not going to sit right on top of your microphone. And 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 really, if you want good, excellent, excellent quality sound, you want to get yourself a good pop filter and you want to put it right in front of your microphone. I mean, just barely. My pop filter is a double pop filter and it and it has basically two of these little cloth screens and it is it is so close to the the front of the speaking area on the microphone that it's almost touching but just not and then my lips are almost touching the filter but just not that's how closely i talk into the microphone and because of that i can really turn down the ambient noise now here's the deal i'm going to i'm going to be silent for just a second here did you hear that and you're like, hear what? And that's exactly it. You didn't hear anything. It's because I'm using a dynamic microphone. I didn't turn the volume down. In fact, I'll, I'm gonna I'm gonna leave a little slight pause in between each of the things I say right now. You don't hear anything at all in the background. I wanted to let you know, I have three computers in this studio with loud fans. Not only that. 
it's hot in here because I use a lot of lighting for when I do my live shows that we have cameras in here. Directly behind me, blowing on my back, in fact, blowing right on this microphone, is a fan. I'm not kidding you. I have an oscillating fan set to not oscillate, blowing directly on me right in front of this microphone. And do you hear it? No, you don't. So that's exactly what I'm telling you. It's your dyna- If you get a dynamic microphone, you're always going to be better off. And and my suggestion for folks is is you know if you're just starting out, and you know, and and let me just tell you, audio quality should not be the main concern of somebody just starting out. You know, just get out there and do it. And before you start investing money right away, make sure you're going to continue to have the interest in podcasting. If you but if you know for sure that you're in this for the long haul and you and you've tried out a couple episodes and now you're trying to improve your game and improve your sound, I'm going to tell you hands down and and I tell this to everybody, the best thing to do is to get yourself a mixer and to get yourself some dynamic microphones and that is always going to be better than USB and condenser. So, Mr. Moody's uh neighborhood, I just hope that that helps you out there and if you have any other questions, let me know. All right, let's move on to Donald. Now, Donald, we talked about in the last episode about the suggestion that I made for him for some equipment, and he's called back twice. He's got a question, uh, two questions, and then we have a review from him from the equipment that he purchased. Hey, Cliff, this is Donald from Louisiana. I'm calling for the podcast Answer Man. Um, Just wanted to thank you again for helping me out with that equipment. I'm definitely going to be calling back Whenever it comes in, I'm going to let you know how, how it's working for me so everyone can know. Also, I do have a, a, a question. I don't know when you'll be able to get to it, but um, the feed that you have, the plus feed, is it any way possible where, where you can just subscribe to one of your shows, or is it an all-inclusive thing? That is that the only way you're going to go with that? Okay, I'm going to stop right there and I'm going to answer that question. It's a good question. In the last episode, I had announced that I personally, on this end of things, terminated my sponsorship for the podcast, Answer Man, as I'm going to bring this under the umbrella of my entire network, which is known as gspn.tv. And so this podcast, Answer Man, is a production of gspn.tv. And it is going to be one of the shows that we have that is included in our gspn.tv plus membership. And simply that means for $10 a month, if you are a plus member, you have full access to every episode of all the shows that we produce at gspn.tv. And what's going to happen here, especially with the podcast answer man is the podcast answer man is probably going to end up starting getting, it's going to start getting about two episodes per month. The, the standard has been every other week, we're going to release an episode, uh, in the free feed. And then, and then of course, once a week or every week, the plus members get an episode. Well, I've even been thinking about doing some little shorter little bits here and there as, as time allows and as, as time you know, necessitates for little short answers to short questions, just real quick and put it out there as some extra, you know, freebie episodes to the, to the plus members. So it could be that there might be nine, let's say 10, 11 episodes in a single month and plus members are going to get all of those. And the non plus members, those of you who are subscribed just to the free feed, will get it. You'll still get a podcast answer man every other week. So that's how I'm going to work it out. Um, you're, you're pretty much still at this point guaranteed to get two a month, which is, let me just tell you, before making this decision, 
that's about all you got anyway. So, I mean, I'm really not taking anything away, but there's going to be a lot more to be had for people who are plus members. That That's one way to look at it. Now, do I, I get this question a lot, especially with the Weekly Loss podcast and the Grey's Anatomy fan podcast and all the other shows that we produce. People want to know, can I subscribe to just one podcast? And the answer is no. Um, the, the price model, $10 a month is not expensive. And uh, there, there's a whole lot. I mean, that you, I mean, it's a it's a cup of coffee, you know, once a week for four weeks. If you go to Starbucks, um, it, it's it's I think what is it three like twenty ounce sodas, or you know, or four or five twenty ounce sodas. I'm not sure, but anyway, it, it's not that expensive. And as far as I'm concerned, I, I I look at what I do here behind the microphone as some of the consulting work. And just so you know. I charge anywhere between right now it's between ninety five and one hundred and five dollars an hour for my consulting work, and I spend a lot of time answering the same questions over and over again for them. And I try to bring the insights and stuff like that, and and give you the most commonly asked questions here at the podcast Answer Man. And so if you're only get if you're getting all of that for only ten dollars a month, I think it's a lot of value, even if this is the only podcast that you listen to. So uh, thank you for the question, Donald. I, I, I know for a fact that you understand and appreciate the, the value and, 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 so, uh, and, and so does many others. And I hope that this will generate some new plus members for our podcast network. To be honest with you, I, I'm, our goal is to get to 500 plus members before the end of this year. We're currently at 157 and I've got to do some things because I want to continue to podcast full time. I want to continue to put out lots of episodes of the podcast Answer Man. I want to put out a lot of episodes of our other shows, and I want to make this community that we're building online uh, full time. Well, which I am focusing full time, but I just got to find a way to make it make a living. So that's exactly what we're doing. So thank you for that question, and I'm glad that you asked it because it gave me the opportunity to tell everybody. In fact, episode number 80 of the podcast Answer Man is definitely going to be plus member only, and I'm. It could be any time within the next uh, seven days, but certainly. Uh, it will be there will be an episode, but before the end of next weekend. And so uh, I, it's something that I have decided that that's exactly what I'm committing to. I'm committing at least to four episodes a month for plus members, two episodes a month for non plus members. But plus members certainly can get a great deal more. All right. Moving right along, Donald, with your other question. Um, if you can let me know that, that would be great. Uh, another topic for your podcast Post-production, what are some of the programs that you use for post-production? Say, for instance, noise reduction, uh, there's hiss reduction, and the noise reduction. Most of the time, it ends up sounding very hollow, almost like I'm in a metal trash can while I'm podcasting. And I'm just wondering, what, what, what do you recommend for post-production? You know, adding effects and your, your background music, anything like that, whether it be for PC or Mac. Personally, I use a PC. And that's going to be it. I did tell you that you didn't hear the last from me, and that still stands. Thanks a lot, Cliff. All right, Donald. Thank you so much. And so to answer your question, I use Adobe Audition 2.0, and I know that you're using Adobe Audition 1.5, which you, there's no need to upgrade. It's got all the tools that you need. And so that that is definitely what I'm using as well. And Adobe Audition is really all you need. Now, here's the deal. 
you're talking about noise reduction and how it, it and it degrades the sort of the sound that you have going on in your podcast and it kind of makes you sound like you're in a hollow trash can or something and I certainly am familiar with that sound because I used to play with trying to get noises and hums and hisses and pops and and little keyboard clicks out of the background of the sounds of our podcast here at gspn.tv but I let me tell you something first of all this podcast here no post-production and listen to this when I stop talking there's nothing there. In fact, I am going to click on my keyboard here and I'm clicking on the space board and you might be able to hear it. You may not. I'm not sure. But anyway, the thing is, is what I have done and, and what I suggest doing is not post-production noise reduction. In fact, I think noise reduction should be done manually prior to hitting the record button. And so what that means is, number one, the number one way to get rid of noise is to get rid of your condenser microphones. That that's just the, that's a that's just a gimme. If you're recording in a studio and your your room is not completely soundproofed, then then you then you're you're going to need to get rid of the the condenser microphones if you want to reduce the sound uh, le- the noise levels in your room. Let me explain to you real quickly and, and give you two terms: isolation and uh, oh goodness, what's the other one? And absorption, that's it. Isolation and absorption. I'm going to explain to you the difference. Now, the the isolation and absorption are two technical terms given to noise reduction pre-production. Pre-production. So let me tell you about isolation. Isolation is, is where you isolate yourself from outside noises. All right. So let's just say you've got a dog barking in the neighbor's next backyard next door, which I often have. Well, one of the things that I can do is instead of recording in a room that is right next to an exterior wall, I can I should try to find a room in the house that is maybe as where maybe is it possible that you have a room in the house where no walls of that room are is an exterior wall of the house. If that's possible, then go find it. If not, then you want to find the room that has the least amount of exposed wall from the exterior wall. So the idea is to isolate yourself from the outside noises. So that's called isolation. Now, for me, I've got some kids upstairs and and we live in a what we call a split level house where the, there are no walls and it the sound travels all the way down the stairs, all the way down the hallway. And one of the things that we did here in, in, in our studio, of course, I'm doing this full time. This is my career now. I built a wall in our family room downstairs and I, I got a good heavy door. And this and so basically my wall and my door is providing isolation from the noise upstairs. And the other things that I did, of course, I, I'm isolating myself from certain noise in the room. So, so that that's this thing called isolation. There's another thing called absorption. Now, absorption is where basically your voice travels, and and let me give you some some examples of that. I, I did this earlier in the episode, but hello everybody, this is Cliff, and I'm out here talking in the room, and you can hear my voice echoing off all these walls. Now. I'm going to turn my my dynamic microphone all the way back down because what happens is I do not I did not do any absorption in this room except for some natural absorption. 
Now I have some, I have a, a, a couple walls in my office here that have, it's kind of like a shelving system because of the way the, the concrete foundation of the house, it, it's, it has a ledge all the way across. One of the things that I did to provide some natural absorption is I put books all over the wall. And so I have this whole row of books and it helps absorb some of the sounds and or, or at least dampens it. It doesn't really absorb it, it dampens it a little bit. Now, one of the things you could do is you could go to an, a pro audio store and you can purchase these foam things that are, are made just specifically for absorbing sound. And and those things are not inexpensive. I mean, they're extremely expensive, in fact. And and you basically put those around. And what they do is they actually absorb the sound into the material. And therefore, you don't have the echo. And and that's where if you have a condenser microphone and you have an isolation uh, chamber or a, your room is isolated, your studio is isolated, and you have some good absorption materials then you have a soundproof room, and guess what? That's when condenser microphones in a studio are awesome. In fact, the better and more expensive the condenser microphone, chances are the more golden the sound is going to be. But here I am. I'm in a room that's ha- that has a pretty massive exterior wall where a ma- majority of the wall behind me is a window, that's right outside the backyard of my next door neighbor's dog barking in the backyard, which you don't hear, by the way. And of course, I have a wall that I put up. But but as far as that, I've got these flat walls. I didn't put any carpeting on the walls. I didn't put any uh, special high quality and material absorption materials on the walls. I didn't even put a blanket up on the wall or anything like that. All I did is I went out and got myself a very high-end, high-quality dynamic microphone and a good mixer, and I'm just speaking right into it, and I'm able to create a pretty decent sound. So uh, no noise reduction on this podcast when I'm done recording. That Now, as far as some other folks, here's what I'm going to suggest doing. Get in your car. <laughs> Pull your car into the garage. Turn it off. Don't sit in it with it on, please. Um Pull your car into the garage and 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 then roll up the windows. Your cars are usually pretty decent at sound reduction uh, or isolation, sound isolation. Uh, and as far as the, since you have a lot of, you know, a good material in there, especially if you have carpet, you know, or uh, fabric seats or whatever, the, uh, the absorption is going to be even a little bit better there as well for sound. But still inside a car, you're going to get a good, decent sound, I think. And if you do that with a dynamic microphone, you're, you're going to have a pretty decent sounding and you're not going to have as much noise reduction. So to demonstrate some of this stuff, we got some great feedback from Donald, who happens to be extremely happy with the equipment that he purchased. I have some comments on his his sample recording here of his very first recording done on the Adderall. Hi, I am Donald from Louisiana. Uh, this is a little feedback for Cliff. First of all, I have to say, Cliff was great uh he explained everything very very specifically he allowed me to call him on the phone we emailed back and forth uh basically whenever i had a question he was there so uh definitely recommend that also the shipping three days easy it came in i got off from work there it was no problem uh large box 
very very he took very good care of it. I'll say that. A large box, a lot of peanuts I had to dig through, but that's no problem. Dug through that. Got my Sure SM58. I have my Ederol R-09 size of the palm of my hand. Very thin, no no thicker than your average cell phone. This thing is great. What I'm doing right now, I have my, my Ederol and I have my Sure mic plugged in directly into my Ederol. I'm in my, my, my room, very noisy room, by the way. I have my computer running. Okay, I'm going to pause right there. For those of you who are listening, I want, I'm, and I'm backing it up just a little bit, and this, I, I thought I was going to bring it up afterwards, but Don Unger, bring it up here. One of the things I can tell you is there was a, there was a change, and and he's getting ready to unplug his, his, um, uh, he got the Shure SM58 mic. He's getting ready to unplug it, but right now, as he was talking, this first whole minute or so here, was all recorded with his Shure SM58 and I believe it was probably sitting on the tabletop microphone stand. And through the entire recording so far, I was hearing a, a, a little bit of a buzzing noise. Or not a buzzing, but a mm. and And there are two things that are, are called, there are two possible reasons that would cause this sound in that recording. One could be the fact that when he has the microphone in the mic stand sitting on the desk, there could be a vibration of the of the microphone so the microphone could be vi- or the the it could be picking up vibration of maybe a computer sitting on that desk or something of that nature now because we're getting ready to hear that go away uh that's re- that was my initial thought but he's getting ready to he's going to unplug his his um short sm58 dynamic microphone and he's going to let you hear what his room sounds like without the dynamic, but instead using the condenser microphones built into the Ederol, you're going to see the difference of his room. You're going to see just how loud his room, his recording area, his recording space really is. Then he's going to plug the microphone back in and he's going to be in his car and we're going to hear that hum again or that, that, you know, that sound in the background, which tells me that it's not vibration on his, his desk. But instead, what you have there, Donald, is not a vibration, it's not a hum, but you have the actual gain on the microphone turned up too high. And there is a high and a low setting on that microphone, uh, or there, there's a high and low setting on mic gain, and you, you do want it on high. But when you have it on high, if you look over on the left-hand side of the unit, I believe it is, you should have input level, and you can go up and down, and you're going to want to turn that input level down so it doesn't raise that the, the noise floor up into the recording. So let me go ahead and finish up the rest of his review here. My, my, my room, very noisy room, by the way. I have my computer running. This is the actual sound in my room this is the sound of my room got my computer running in the background I have my air conditioner central air running it is very very hard for me to to record in this room I have to do a lot of post noise reduction a lot of things I have to do so that this is without the sure mic plugging in the sure mic now wonderful wonderful sound now what I'm actually going to do now is go into my car. Okay, I'm in my car, believe it or not. Uh, 
as Cliff said before, the pause function on the Edderall is very useful. I just paused it, and you probably didn't even know. So anytime you want to pause, you can pause it. This is pretty much what I wanted from Cliff, and he 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 came through. What, what can I say? You see, the problem, I'm a podcaster. I have this noisy studio. I have family that runs in and out. I have an alarm system on my house. Whenever someone comes in the door, this thing will beep, and a condenser mic picks up every single beep. When you type it on a keypad, you can pick up every beep on the keypad until it stops beeping. Cars that pass by outside, it picks it up. So I have a lot of noise reduction that I have to do. With this here, I, I don't have to do anything, basically. I can do some noise reduction, but it's not really necessary. So my problem was I need to record this podcast, but I, I, don't, I, have, I have very, very limited time to do so. So now I'm recording. Someone comes home. I can go into my car and literally record. I can go sit at the beach and record. As Cliff said, the Edderall will pick up those sounds at the beach. That's a wonderful sound. I, I wouldn't mind doing that. If I don't want the sound, I plug in my dynamic mic. I have my mic stand. It works. I'm not going to take up any more time. This thing is wonderful. <laughs> I, I don't know what to say. Um, Cliff, you can edit this however you see fit. Uh, thank you, Cliff. Thank you. Alrighty. Donald, I'm so excited for you. I'll tell you, the Edderall R-09HR, whenever somebody purchases one of those, it's always like they're, they're head over heels for it and immediately want to send me feedback. So that's awesome. Uh, a lot of people buy the Zoom H2 because it's $200 cheaper. And it and actually, the, the sound quality is, 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 is just amazing on the Zoom H2. But I never have anybody ever call back with the same kind of feedback as the Edderall. Because the Edderall is just a piece of beauty all the way from the recording, the sound, and especially the menuing system. I did edit his recording down from five minutes to three minutes and twenty seconds. So uh, one of the things that he didn't tell that you didn't get to hear is the fact that he he was recording all of it. He did all this stuff, and not once did he look at the owner's manual as far as how to switch between mic and and all that other stuff. It's just it's that easy. So anyway, that we're already forty five minutes into this episode of the podcast Answer Man. So uh, I just want to say thank you for listening. And if you wouldn't mind, go to gspn.tv. Vote every day, every 24 hours uh, for the podcast Answer Man between now and November 6th. That would be totally awesome. And if you're not a Plus member, would you go to gspn.tv slash plus and uh, read up about it? I'd love to have some new Plus members as a result of the podcast Answer Man here. $10 a month is all it is. And trust me, that is, I, I believe I'm going to be giving you all the information that you guys want so you don't have to search all over the web and all over the forums to get all kinds of ideas. I want to try to help you out, answer all your podcasting questions. You can also find me in the forum over at gspn.tv forum.